Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Wednesday Q&A. I'm here with my fabulous co-host, one of my best friends and lit instructors, Kristen Williams. Woo! Woo The crowd goes wild. The crowd goes wild. Two PTs who love talking about the body. What could be more fabulous? Nothing. All right. Launching right off, we have yoga with Julie Miller, who we both love. Yes. Uh, from our cohort one. And it's a personal question. How is Mark's shoulder impingement? She probably saw that we were doing... My, uh, my brother, another physical therapist, was working with Mark. It is much better. In fact, I don't think he has any remaining symptoms. And here's why. Here I can say, because he probably won't listen to this podcast, but he was doing weightlifting. You know, he's like, I'm 50. I want to, you know, I want to look good for my wife, all this stuff. And some of the stuff he was doing were those lateral raises. And, you know, I just was like, big abduction lateral raises. They're not functional. And boy, do they just ask for impingement to happen. They really do. You know, so I feel like he hasn't really been great about doing the exercises that John and I gave him. He did early on, but what he did do is he stopped doing that. And I believe that's probably the best thing. So for anybody out there that's wondering, now, if you love these, hey, I'm just telling you what the shoulder likes and doesn't like, and you can decide for yourself. But he was taking dumbbells, but he also did it on the machine and was doing the lateral raises where you lift out to the side and go way up. And then he would do it with the pulley and stuff. And that's, that's the one thing he added on in this last nine months since lockdown. And that I'm almost positive attribute to it because it's just putting your shoulder, especially like if you have any kind of that internal rotation, like he already started off with, just putting it in impingement mode and asking for some dissatisfaction. So he's all good now because he stopped doing that. And I would say, you know, that's not to say that abducting your arm with a lightweight is bad, you know, but it's what they start doing is it's the ego gets. And so it's this heavier weight 
and then they go start going above 90 and yeah. you're just end up cranking Oh yeah, up back. to 90. I don't have a problem with that. It's this big arc, Yes, with a heavy know, weight. Like big lever, like long lever, weight on the end, not, yeah. So it's, it, and there's, yeah, I, I think 90 is fine. Although he, I just said, stop doing it totally for him. Absolutely. He needs more of the chest opening and all that. So he's been happy. He's doing bicep curls, like kind of the show muscles. I said, the yeah. biceps look good anyway. So just do those. <laughs> I love it. All right. Aurora Winters, how can a non-PT learn intimately about the body and its system? A gl- class or training besides YTT? That's a great question. It's one I get all the time because I'll have te- I'll have people that's you know see our teacher training who've been teaching who want to know a lot more about the body. They're not sure they want to be a PT, but they don't want to do another two hundred. They're like, what more can I do? And quite frankly, I haven't investigated enough to know the answer to that, and I'm so supremely biased. So I will because I'd say you do our training. It is short of going to PT school. It's I think the best thing out there, but. That's because I developed it, Kristen. <laughs> and Kristen developed it too. But Kristen, what would you say from a less biased perspective? Yes, I'm definitely less biased. What has been such a joy for me being a part of this process, though, is, and I, to your point, Laura, I don't really know what other, I know there are other great systems out there. There's the functional movement system, the FMS training does great for people, maybe not as much as the anatomy, but just how to look at bodies move. A lot of people like that FRC. I don't know much about that, but they talk about, but if you really want to know anatomy, my, the coolest thing for me has been watching these people who I've gotten to know very intimately over the last year of lockdown. And a lot of these people, they're doing our training and then they're putting in the work you know, outside of it. They, no pun intended, but lit, lights their fire for knowledge and they... They are suddenly, I mean, I, on a regular weekly basis, probably you do too, I get several, a couple handfuls of, you know, articles sent to me. What do you think of this? You know, what do you, you know, or we do private sessions and their knowledge blows me away. How much it blows me away in one year's time or even one training, they grow exponentially. But I do think the people who really want to get there, you got to do more than just your 200 hour, you know, you got to really apply this stuff and start to teach. Teaching goes a long way and, and continue that, that learning process. But I would argue that lit is second to none when it comes to anatomy training. If that's what you're looking for, if you're looking to learn how to look at a body move, know why it's moving the way it's moving, help it move better and know why you're telling someone to do what you're asking them to do, you can't beat lit. And if you already have your 200 hour, you have to ask yourself, you know, well, what do you want out of it? Yeah. And if you're looking for anatomy, I don't think there's anything better out there, especially not for the lay person. Right. And I think the biggest difference, what I've noticed over the years and, you know, quite frankly, what what the feedback we've gotten, because I I would say 70% of our trainings are already existing teachers. So, you know, it's, People learn anatomy, but just like learning, like you can learn Spanish in a classroom and get pretty great at it. But then are you going out and talking? Are you going out to a only Spanish speaking culture and being able to navigate that? If you do not apply the knowledge in a way that looks at the global system of the body, it will not land in the same way. And this is 
historically been the hugest gap in yoga teacher trainings is they'll bring in somebody, you know, a specialist in anatomy. doesn't matter how great they are. You have two or three days of that, but you don't apply it to how you look at somebody, how you examine, how they move, how you, you don't have to be like, oh, it looks like they're weak in their triceps. No. What you do is you say, what about this needs some optimization, um, some improvement, and you will know from your toolkit what to do. You don't have to get into the uh, nitty gritty of the anatomy. You're looking at it more functionally, but you will know you will know those muscles well as well. I, I just think that if you're interested in knowing more about the body, learn from someone. Whether it's going into training, it sounds like you're just saying you don't you don't want to go to PT school, but learn about it as a system, as a whole, how it functions. I think once you learn that, then looking at the muscles has a different and deeper meaning so fun. Like I never, every time I see, not a naked body, no, every time I see like the drawings, you know, like Grey's Anatomy, uh, not the show, (laughs) the original book, but, or any of these, any of these incredible anatomical uh, books. I I just, I know you're the same way. I just am like blown away at the gorgeousness of the body. And I think that is only further appreciated when you understand how it then is used. Well, and I think, you know, what gets people interested in Lit is when they go to Lit Daily and take our classes, because we do that every single time you take a class, you learn about the body and we are educating you. And then all of a sudden it's like, wow, these little light bulbs are going off and people, you thirst for more because you know, we all, I think human beings, we are naturally curious. We are natural learners. And so my first thing would say, take some lit daily classes and see, you know, if that lights your fire and you want to be able to teach that way, then you'll know if lit is for you. If that doesn't interest you, if you don't care why we're putting you in a position for the body and why it's best, then maybe something else, you know, would be right. Yeah, Better. I think you, yeah, I, that's where, again, what's the why? Is it just that yes. you're interested in like the academic knowledge or are you more interested in understanding it so you can further apply it for yourself? Great anyway, question. either way, it's so fun. I think the body, I think everybody should geek out over it. It's, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Melody says, best way to improve hamstring strength at home. Oh, that's a good one. I know, that's, I, I know. So when you, when you think about what the hamstring does is its, its main action is to bend the knee. So it flexes the knee. So it also extends the hips. So any type of, you know, squatting is working on it. It's working, you know, it's going to assist your glute max. So there are, you can Google it. There's a lot of great functional ways to work your hamstring. If you're looking to truly build strength, a lot of times with these big movers, you need to move, you know, you need, to, and you need to a lot of times move against either resistance or speed or power. You know, there are certain muscles. What I love about yoga and and lit is that we work the smaller ones too. You know, it's those proximal stabilizers. But, you know, the big big hamstring muscles, all your, you know, your side lunges, your chair squats, your airplane to high crescent lunge or airplane to anything. You're basically your single leg deadlift, amazing for your hamstring. All of that is going to work it out. But I think if you're truly looking to build strength for whatever reason, maybe you have an asymmetry, I would couple it with something else, you know, get the functional side plus 
I just put some great resistance bands. We have a whole nine class resistance band series where we, I show you how to use bands to work all sorts of muscles. So, you know, a couple that. People have been really enjoying spicing it up a little bit with that. It's a change. It's cross-training. That's going to be, my, my opinion, your best bet. Yeah, I would, I would agree with all of that is, again, it, the hamstrings are working a lot in function. Mm-hmm. If you really want to isolate them, one thing that I discovered, which is not a discovery. I mean, this is, you can look at any probably personal trainer who does this, but I kind of just discovered it. So if you're talking about at home, I discovered doing this with my cats. This was like two years ago. I was lying on the ground and they were like jumping over me. And I was like, oh, I wonder if they'd go under me, you know, like a bridge. So I I lifted up in a bridge, but I did, I had like the rug was under and I pulled it toward me. This is again, classic hamstring thing. And I wasn't purposely trying to do that. I was just trying to make a little bit more space. So my heels were down and I was lifting up and they were running. And the next day, I was like, what the fuck happened to me? (laughs) And that was against resistance. Like you were pulling against friction. It was isometric hamstring contraction against resistance. And I'm like, so so the point is, whenever I have wanted that, like, let's get those hamstrings firing— you don't have to do it for that long. Now, obviously, you don't want to. You don't want to not be able to walk the next day. It was just more of a soreness, but it was so specific. I was like, "Oh my god!" And then that's when I went back in my my mind because at the time it just felt a little fiery, but it didn't feel. I it didn't feel. You'll feel it a lot the next day. Yeah. So just like get a towel under your heels. I had the rug under there, and I was just pulling against it and lifting up, digging my heels down. Toes were up isometric hamstring contraction, it will do it. And then people do, of course, the sliding bridge thing, which you'd probably feel even more than just the hold, but you could do it just simply like that and play around and have fun. (laughs) Well, you know what gets me too? Every time I weed in the yard, the next day I'm like, mother, and what what are you doing? You're doing repeated forward hinging and coming up. You're You're doing all these squats and my hamstrings are always like, mother of God, what did you do? And it's like, oh, okay. You know. Yeah, and that and the other thing is to think about that the ham like leaning over your hamstrings are on length, but they they're, are they're decelerating you. Yeah. So they're working. You can work them in a shortened way, which is like really holding it in concentric, and then holding in place isometric. But also as you're lowering, that's why deadlifts are so great. Is that they really decelerate and they are working, and that's an important feature for them because that's also protective. Yeah, for your back. Okay, so. Someone asked, this is interesting because I, Ken me 243 my friend's lateral knee got achy in cold weather. What do you think could be going on? You know, a lot of, a lot of joint, what I've seen, and this is uh, 20 years, 20 plus years of working in orthopedics, people who have arthritis in any joint, that is the, in my opinion, this is again, this is case study that I don't, I'm sure there's great evidence out there with barometric pressures and blah, 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 that I can't spew out because I don't think that way. I think much more functionally. That's who complains about discomfort in cold weather. So again, I think there is a change probably in the barometric pressure that you feel. They never feel it in hot weather. They go to, they, they go to Florida. They go like, oh my God, my joints feel great. And then they come up to Jersey or up to Wisconsin and Ohio. Holy sh! I feel every little arthritic joint they feel. So I believe it's something to do with a change. I see it a lot. People after, if they've had surgery, once you open up that joint space, you've changed the, the barometric pressure of the body. 
you know, the second they cut into you, I see that guaranteed. Everyone's like, I had surgery. Now I can always, they, they call themselves a barometer. I can tell right, when the weather's going to change. Yeah. When <laughs> it's going to rain, yes. when it's cold. So that would be my guess with this guy. If, if he's had surgery, that's a guaranteed. If he has some sort of, he could have a little bit of arthritic change, you know, at the femur or the tibia where those two surfaces meet, that that might just be his body feeling that. What do you think, Laura? I would say the exact same thing because having worked with older people for a lot of years, they all would say this like, oh, I, oh my God, my knees are aching. I know it's about to rain. And yeah, I think it's the barometric pressure, whether it's humidity or cold, because all those, all, those have different pressurized systems in place. It definitely affects the joint. I'm clear of that. And so the things that people naturally do is they rub it. You know, they're just trying to kind of build up a counter, you know, pressure or just actually more than anything, change the, the focus of the brain of that ache. So rubbing is just a different sensation in the brain. It's like when we rub, well, if we run into the coffee table, we start rubbing it. So over, you know, over that time period, the brain is like, oh, you're rubbing. And it's like less inclined to pay attention to the pain senses. So I would say that that's probably what's happening to your friend. I know it's sometimes weird when all of a sudden something starts occurring and you're like, why is this happening every time it's cold? Or, But also thinking cold, you might not be moving as much. You know, you might be kind of, I know for me, like I am a, I get cold super easy. I clench everything together. So I know like when I'm sleeping or if I'm sitting in one position, I can get not achy, but I can feel like an ache starting in my elbow because I've just been holding myself in a, so it could also be positionally, like maybe you're just not moving as much or you're sitting around more, you know? So yeah. all of these things, they're all possibilities. All right, we've got one final question because this will be great from Mirth Moores. She goes by Sukha Love Yoga. I have a question for the Wednesday Q&A. Can you explain how to keep the core engaged while sitting? Like in everyday sitting on the couch, behind the computer, et cetera. Is an active core while you sit a product of engaging the core in physical exercises, or is it something that you need to train? I think you definitely need to train it, don't you? I mean, I, I really think that this is something that you and I are the same way. We've been teaching this for so many years. I've been preaching it for so many years. I do it naturally. It's not a hard contraction. I think of it as a hug. I have totally. a constant hug that's going on around my core. I do it when I stand. I do it when I sit. It is almost automatic now. And occasionally I'll, I'll, change, I'll change positions because I think that's what my body needs and I can feel. You see me when we yeah. talk, I'm always moving around just because I want to not keep my body in the same position at all times. But I always have. And I think I've trained it. I think I've been talking about it for so long. I've been teaching people to do it for so long. I'm thinking about it in the back of my head at all times. What position am I in? It does not come naturally. And that is probably the hardest thing as a physical therapist to teach, is teaching people how to engage their core. Quite frankly, people who come to see me with any type of core or hip, so let's say back, spine, hip, even shoulder issue, they have no connection between their brains and their core. And they are baffled. They see me, I'm like, can you do this? And they're like, I cannot make my body move that way. And they just have really shut down. So. Yes, it's trainable, but yes, it needs to be trained. What do you think? I'm going to agree, and I'm going to say, this is why we wear our freaking more core shirts all the time. 
because this is the imperative for aging well. Uh, there, there could be no greater imperative to aging well in terms of, you know, internal ecosystem. Take nutrition, sleep aside, like how you move, sit, stand, blah, blah, blah. It's imperative. Like if you're mm-hmm. gonna, if your joints are gonna age well, if you're everything. So it is something that is trainable. But like you said, Kristen, for me, it's totally natural. And I, when people look at us, we have, gr- you know, we have great, naturally great posture. And I always say, I never had an opportunity to really fuck it up. Like I was, that's my, that was my, I have gratitude for that. Me too. I did dance. I was always very aware. I had really good posture. And then I went and I was active college. Then I went into PT school and I specifically told, you know, picked a profession that was not an office. I could not sit. I knew I wanted to go in the medical field. Didn't want the hours of a, of a surgeon and, this was a great, this was like yeah. a much better lifestyle. So I always say I just didn't have the opportunity to undo anything. Totally. And that thank is, God. Thank God. I mean, that's why uh, you know, I'm 51, you're 40, like six, six yeah. and mm-hmm. we feel great. Yep. I, I it absolutely has to do with that. It absolutely has to do with that we're not constantly going two steps forward, three steps back every single day undoing what we do at the gym or on the mat. Because the rest of the day, we're still you know, we're out of alignment. It's what you do all that other time. You know, yeah. I think that like lit yoga is an opportunity to educate yourself how to move better so you can move better in life. That That is fundamentally, yes. I think that's how we're different in many ways. It's It's really about examining and understanding movement. So it doesn't just show up while you're on the mat, but really parlays into your life. So you can. The answer to the question is, it is trainable but it's got to be an effort for a while until it becomes more automatic, just yep. like learning anything. So just check in. Like we, we've said this before, put timers on your phone, put sticky notes. Like I've had clients that put sticky notes all over the laptop, change them out once a week so they don't get like, they start ignoring them. How are you sitting? Engage your core, pull your head back. Like squeeze the sit bones a little bit to get some upward lift. Get out of the chair. Like, all of these reminders, and then all of those reminders get infused in the body. And over time, your body just recognizes, hey, I feel better when I do this. I'm going to do it more often. And like Kristen said, it's more of a hug, like we're both sitting here now. We're not like, <gasps> but we, we have this energetic support system. I called it our own internal spanks because totally. isn't that so much better than having yeah. to buy buy something to do it for you, like to have your own internal hug. So you can do it. Just think about, again, pulling everything around the spine, getting really long in the spine, lightly squeezing the sit bones together so you're not caving down into the pelvis and sinking into the low back, and then continually reminding yourself in whatever way. Any add-ons to that? No, that that is 100%. Yep. Get a more coarse shirt, and I swear you'll start, like, it's not only a comfortable sweatshirt, and we have tanks, but it's to remind you, like, stand tall. That, stand tall. It is that important. It will really help you uh, feel better in life and age well in life. So true. All right. On that final note, we're going to sign off. Thank you so much, lovely. Always a pleasure. You're welcome. I love you. I love you. And thank you all. We are pulling for you.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.